Well, let's see if, uh, if Aisha can lead us in the Fatiha. Thank you. Allahumma salina Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi Muhammad. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Malik yawmiddin. Thank you. Wonderful. So, well, today we're on the the. 48th surah, the victory, Fat, F-A-T-H. Um, this one, how we got here is, I thought I was going to be progressing in a somewhat of an order, you know, one after the other. And it, uh, I jumped up to here, well, I jumped to a three, three things first, three of the surahs first, and then finally came up to this one here very late. And even then, uh, so it's kind of a mystery how I got here. And then it's also, all of the things that were coming out were things I had no idea about until yesterday afternoon when I looked at it and said, oh, this is what this is all about. So here we go. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Inna fatahna laka fathan mubina. Liyakfuru walaka Allahu ma tuqaddimu min dhambika wa ma ta'akhar. ويتم نعمته عليك ويهديك صراطا مستقيما وينصرك الله نصرا عزيزا هو الذي أنزل السكين في القلوب في قلوب المؤمنين ليزدادوا إيمانا مع إيمانهم ولله جنود السماوات والأرض وكان الله عليما حكيما ليدخل المؤمنون والمؤمنات جنات تجري من تحتها الأنهار خالدين فيها ويكفر عنهم سيئاتهم وكان ذلك عند الله فوزا عظيما إن الذين يبايعونك إنما يبايعون الله يد الله فوق أيديهم فمن نكث فإنما ينكث على نفسه ومن أوفى بما عهد عليه الله فسيوفيه أجرا عظيما صدق الله العظيم Verily, O Muhammad, we have laid open before thee a manifest opening that Allah may forgive you, that Allah may forgive for you what proceeded of your sin and what will follow and complete his favor upon you and guide you to a straight path. And that Allah may succor you with his mighty succor it is he who sent down tranquility into the hearts of the believers that they would increase in faith along with their faith. And to Allah belong the soldiers of the heavens and the earth, and ever is Allah knowing and wise. And that he may admit the believing men and believing women to gardens beneath which rivers flow to abide therein eternally and remove from them their misdeeds 
and ever is that in the sight of Allah a great attainment. Indeed, those who pledge alliance to you, Muhammad, they are actually pledging alliance to Allah. The hand of Allah is over their hands. So he who breaks his word only breaks it to the detriment of himself. And he who fulfills that which he has promised Allah, he will give him a great reward. Very, very good. So we'll be looking, uh, thank you, at the second verse especially, and this last verse here, and that's the, the forgiving of faults to, to restore to wholeness, and then the taking of hand. And that taking of hand, this oath of fealty, uh, it's, it's the same uh, words and description when two people in the marketplace make an agreement for buying and selling, and then they shake hands on it. So, and now we'll start with the poem that begins this chapter for Ibn Arabi. I swear by God, the one who swears by himself, and by OU, and by Lord of, and by how, that he's the odd number, the witter, with no one praying the witter in his earth or his creation, wherever they may be. Indeed, he comes down from his throne, his descent to his throne from the mist, with no asking how, and no strict differentiation. Indeed, he's transcendent beyond these two. Very good, thank you. So to look at this poem, let's look at those two ideas that are coming out. Now on the left here, that's the first draft for volume four. So we're just fi finishing volume three and hoping to send it to the printer very soon. And volume four, as you'll be noticing, the front matter always has a large uh, illustration. And so the first was Yahoo, Yamanhu, and the second volume was the bridge. And the third volume is the Sharia. And the fourth volume, it, this is the first draft for that. So in that one, so the four angels gather at the Kaaba. One of them descended from the heavens. The other ascended from the lower earth. The third coming from the easterly direction and the fourth from the westerly direction. Each of them asks his friend, where have you come from? Each of them say, from God's side. And if you think about uh, if you're on a ball as an ant or a small insect on a, on a ball, and you want, you want to walk north, you could say, I'm walking north. And then by eventually you'll come back to where you started from, even though you haven't turned around or gone backwards. And the same way, when you're walking north, you'll say, oh, this is a heavy climb. And then when you're going again, you'll say, now it's suddenly going in a descent. And now it's ascending again. And so ascending and descending becomes very uh, confused in higher dimensions for us who are in three dimensions. So this, indeed, he comes down from the throne, his descent to his throne from the mist, with no asking how and no strict differentiation. So we really don't ask how, how this could be, how can you ascend and descend? How can there be no strict differentiation between up and down? And if you take uh, 10 different directions, 
we might have to say up, down, left, right, in, out. And then we need to create four more directions. We might say down and within, down and without, up and within, up and without. And so you'll have those experiences of these four other directions without necessarily uh, being saying how. So we don't necessarily have a how for that, but we do have the experience of it. And Ibn Arabi will now talk about, so when the charity giver provides the charity, it falls into the hand of Ar-Rahman. So when you, and then we just read the verse, when you take hand, you're taking hand with Allah, you're taking hand with God. So in the charity, this is the one about the charity is given and it falls into the hand of Ar-Rahman. And he calls it a falling into, so a downward motion. A fall is only from above. And he, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, said, if you would suspend a rope, like put a rope, dangle a rope down into a well, it would sink to God. That is just as who is affiliated to the higher when he settles down on the throne, so who is as well under, so under when you descend and dangle a rope downwards, just as who is encompassing of everything for the sake of cosmic preservation. So the cosmos is preserved by Allah being above and below and around all. And this preserves the cosmos. So this is uh, some of our spatial orientation that we, we use for this chapter especially. And what I hadn't been realizing was that this, what we're, we're doing here in this chapter is very much uh, being, has been challenged historically, even in Ibn Arabi's time, uh, especially maybe uh, starting a few hundred years ago and even more starting 50 years ago with uh, oil money. And that is this kind of fight between the Sufis and uh, whatever we want to name them, Neo-Salafis or, or whatever we name them. And uh, so we can see where there, there'll be three areas in this talk today where there, this challenge comes and uh, we don't need to be too explicit about it. But here's the, the idea uh, Ibn Arabi starts with, the hand is the hand of Ar-Rahman, which is holding and the charity sinks into the hand of Ar-Rahman. And then in the Quran, that verse, when you take hand, you're actually taking hand with God. And then this one is from the situation that anger a lot of people, uh, which the Sufis talk about, when someone will touch someone's clothes or touch their cloak for some barakat or for charisma from them. And Ibn Arabi now will talk about that with two people. You see, the slave was created for close communion with the divine only in order to belong to God. So the slave comes close to God and takes on those characters only to belong to God. He will be a slave forever, not to become divine himself. He was not created to be a Lord. So when God drapes on him a cloak of mastery, that is now you're a master, now you have authority, he comes forth as a slave inside himself and as a master before the ones looking at him. So when he gets this cloak of authority, inside he's a slave, outside people think he's a master. This is the beautification from his Lord and his cloak draped upon him. Abu Yazid al-Bistami, Bayazid, God be kind to him, was asked about people touching him 
and they're looking for a blessing. So they would come up and try to touch him and get a blessing. He, God be pleased with him, said, it is not me they are touching. No, they are touching an adornment my cherisher has adorned me with. Shall I forbid them this, this which belongs to another? So when they touch, it's not me they're touching. They're touching God. And there shouldn't be such a heavy, difficult challenge uh, from these other people when they read the verse saying, when you put the hand in for fealty and take hand, you're taking hand not with that person only, but with God. The verse itself is telling us this. And then Abu Madian, Ibn Arabi's teacher, who we never met in this world, was asked about the people touching him, intending to be blessed. And he let them do this. So Abu Madian would let them come up and grab his cloak and hold on and get blessed. He was asked, do you find in yourself an impression effected from this? Do you find yourself getting kind of haughty or arrogant because people want to touch you? He replied, did the black stone find in himself an impression making him depart from his stoneness? And when the messengers and prophets and friends kissed him while he was the right hand of God, it was said, no, he said, I am that stone. And so to this day, people understand that you come to certain places and you touch the, the, the shroud of the grave of the tomb and that touching, you're not touching something belonging to a human being. You're touching a beautification and adornment of God. And again, this, of course, we're coming on the, the night of forgiveness. And these, this, this will now be the second night, tonight, Friday night, and then Saturday night will be the, the third night of forgiveness. And this is also a contention in the last 50 years, and especially maybe in the last 10 years, uh, between people who understand these things and the people who don't. And so, Shabbil Berat. And this is the one where the Prophet prays with forgiveness, after forgiveness, he prays in thankfulness. And he says, am I not a grateful slave? That's because his feet had been swelling and they were swelling so much, people say, why don't you sit down? You're hurting yourself, your body is, is reacting. And he said, am I not a grateful slave? I can't, I don't want to stop praying and for thankfulness and being thankful. And so some of these people who just don't seem to get it uh, will say, well, the problem with these Sufis is that they think there's a hundred rakah and the prophet never prayed more than X amount of rakah in a day. And I'm thinking, <laughs> how, you know, do they know how many rakah he had to be prayed before his feet were swelling? I'm sure it's more than 10 or 20 or 30. So where they get this idea from? Anyway, we'll keep going. Um, and so and, and we'll, we'll, we'll say this uh, verse again later as we go. And this is uh, the, this night of forgiveness. And it's the three nights that start yesterday, tonight, and then tomorrow night. And this coming into the hand of Ar-Rahman first, um, this is, this is uh, one thing I've mentioned before and I'll, I'll mention again. Let me go ahead and read Ibn Arabi's description of this. As for our position, which was given in kashf to us, it is not this way. He's just explained how most people think this charity falling in the hands of Ar-Rahman, how it works. And he's saying, it's not that way. No, the one asking for alms, for charity, 
when he spreads open his hand to accept the charity from the charity giver, the true place is his hand palm up against the hand of the one asking. So when the charity giver provides the charity, it falls into the hand of Arahman before it falls into the hand of the one asking as a gracious generosity to the charity giver. So first, the person who is giving this charity is giving it to the hand of Arahman. And that's a gracious generosity. And he creates something like this procedure also in the hand of the beggar in order to benefit the one asking for alms. So Arahman benefits the one giving the charity and the one receiving. And the true takes exactly this charity and he raises it and tends to it until it becomes like the mountain Uhud in magnificence. This is part of the theme of divine jealousy where the gift is given on his account. So someone, the beggar or the one asking will say, give this for the face of God or give this for God's sake. And then he sees that the human being gives charity for the sake of his lower self to magnify his own reputation by giving gifts. So he wants to be, oh, look at me, I'm a philanthropist. I'm a generous person. And he gives for God's sake, the most paltry thing he has. And we see this today, don't we? We see people, multi-multi-billionaires giving money in charity. And it turns out, and they knew this, and it turns out that they would pay more taxes if they just let the money there. So giving in charity saves them money. So <laughs> this is the most paltry thing for them. Not only is it paltry, it saves them money. So this is predominant in the people. So this is certainly predominant now. Ibn Arabi is saying it's predominant then too. <laughs> So God is jealous for his side and that he not be seen in a station of feebleness. So he said, oh, look at this little bit that the person gave in order to avoid taxes. Now, so he, God is jealous of that. Therefore, he nurtures this charity until it magnifies. And when he makes it radiate brilliantly in the image of this magnificent, the goal is achieved. So the hand of the giver is above the hand of the taker. So that's the Arab proverb. The hand of the giver is above the hand of the taker, meaning it's better to give than to receive. But Ibn Arabi is taking it, wow, if you realize that Arahman's hand is there, that changes the whole picture. And this picture I have in front of you is uh, when I first saw this in practice, because what would happen is that every Thursday night when they would have a dhikr here in Kerala, uh, there would be 5,000 to 7,000 people there. And they would, every Thursday, and they would uh, come, you know, file in to give charity. And they would, they would have these plastic buckets that they would just be filling up with, with notes, with money. And they all wanted the sheikh to put his hand there first. So the money would slide from his hand into the plastic bucket like this. And so they were instinctively or consciously knowing that the hand of Arahman receives it first and then blesses it as it moves into the plastic bucket. And from these plastic buckets, uh, he was building orphanages, blind schools, deaf schools, all sorts of uh, wonderful uh, things happening in his district there, uh, really helping the people who no one is looking out after. So it really was a wonderful thing to see how that blessing takes place. Now, where does this blessing come from? Does it require a teacher? And in a sense, we have to say, yes, 
you want your teachers. Like I want to say, when you know how wonderful it is, for instance, to have a mother who loves you, you'll say, you need to have a mother who loves you. But of course, there are some people who don't have a mother who loves them. And so they get their love somewhere else. And this is in the Sufi tradition called Uwesi, Uwesi. So someone who gets their knowledge and their beauty from another place that they don't recognize, so not in a physical human teacher, they're called Uwesi because Uwes al-Qarani had this particular um, uh, quality. So one can never say how much the, the oversay how much the love of the mother is, but at the same time, one can also say, and if that is not something you have right now, there is still the oasi. So let's hear this Elahi. This mystic traveler comes from the desert like the uh, okay. Is it okay? Yeah. This mystic traveler comes from the desert like the angel Gabriel, filling the horizon, striding with every intention, <laughs> striding with great intention. Uwe Zakarani, who, 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 his name is Hither, his name is Mehdi. He is immortal Idris and Shemzi of Tabrizi. He is Allah's holy friend, Uwe Zakarani. Who, 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 his name is Rumi, his songs are Sufi, he's the tent of Abraham, pure Wali of Yemen, dressed in robes of burned white, this exalted pilgrim, who, 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 Drawn by the light of Yarasulala, he encounters Fatima, her father at the Kaaba, the mother, his mystic guide, pure wisdom of Allah. Who, 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 who is Akarani. When returning home, the Rasul sees his light, give this lover my green cloak. His sweet fragrance reaches me from the land of Yemen. Who, 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 Greets this radiant friend of truth as Nura Dinjerahi, every saint and every peer, always Akarani, the face behind every face, always Akarani, the light beneath this robe of flesh, always Akarani, golden letters of Quran, always Akarani, Kutub and concealed Imam. Uwez Akarani, the cause of Rasul's burning love. Uwez Akarani, who, 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 Uwez Akarani. Thank you. So that's the green cloak. That's the cloak of honor, which is given uh, in this hand taking and this in this compact. 
So this compact is something that is uh, comes from primordial primordial times. So this is Ibn Arabi's description of this compact, the hand taking. Then when this throne is raised, he drapes over every name which the universe demands and which the names demand. Then there appears an ornament and a multifaceted beauty adorned with bracelets and arm bracelets in order to spread the beauty everywhere, above, below, in the middle, and outwardly and inwardly. So that's that direction. This is the preservation of the cosmos. So when he sits upon the throne with the divine image and God commands the universe to take his hand after hearing and obeying, concerning things eagerly done and things disliked, both, all who are commanded enter into his hand-taking compact, the highest and the lowest, except the exalted ones because they are the muhayyamun, these are angels who are utterly overcome in all of God, who worship essentially, not by command. The first one he gives hand to is the first constraint, the first intellect, then the soul, then the first ones to populate the skies and the earth among the angels who are subjugated for service, then the spirit overseeing the corporal mass whose person has departed with death, then the jinn, then the generators. This is where everyone who celebrates God takes his hand except for the highest ones, the Muhayyaman, and the isolates among the humans, like Khidr, who do not enter the sphere of this pivot. You see, he is not in charge over them. So, and now we have this uh, wonderful, <laughs> took, this, was, this has always been a real interesting part because Ibn Arabi says, this hand-taking is plant-based. It's a plant. So, okay, here we go. What is a hand-taking which is plant-based? And he explains. This alighting place, so this surah al-fat, the 48th one, encompasses a hand-taking of the plants among the reproducers, so plant-reproducing hand-taking. There enters here his word about the human bodies, and God made you to grow from the earth, so you sprout as a plant growth. So the growing is a plant, so made you a plant to grow from the earth, and as a plant growth, so there's two different things here. He brings, in calling them plant growths, the idea that he made them grow. He is not reinforcing this with the verbal noun, meaning grow as a plant. No, it's grow as something growing. And so he makes come to pass a sharing commonality. He is alerting us that if not for their preparation for being made to grow, the names would have no marking effect on them. So the plant is what receives the names and there, and there will be no departure from the names in their preparation. So there's a receiving of the names, which is the plant life. And then there's making them grow, which makes them uh, prepared to accept the divine names. His word is God made you grow from the earth and for the preparation, so that's receptivity, and the preparation, his word is as a plant growth. You see, as a plant growth is a verbal noun for grows, not the verbal noun for he makes to grow. The verbal noun of he makes to grow is actually in batan, not anbatan. So observe what is most wondrous in the sequence in the Quran. So he's explaining that we come, that this plant-based hand-taking, the plants are a barzakh between mineral, and there's a mineral plant barzakh, so the mineral mother earth and the plant us 
bring us together into receptivity. And then the next Barzakh is between plant and animal. And we'll see later that this will be the, the animal part of us is the breath which makes us move. So minerals stay where they are, they're receptive. The plants grow and then the animals move. So this becomes the difference between bush and tree. And learn that the human being is one of the trees. That is, we are plants that grow upward, which is not like Nejim, which is sprouting growth that grows horizontally. So the verse in Quran is, The bush and the tree both prostrate. So what's happening here is that a bush is flat and horizontal to the land. So it is in prostration and it's an automatic prostration. That's just the way it grows. So as it grows, it continues to be in prostration to the divine. Trees grow up. And so they have to find a way to prostrate. And so, but both of them do prostrate. This is because uh, God made human sprout as a tree, not as a bush. This is because humans stand on their trunks. He considers them to be a shajara, a tree which is derived from the word tashajara, which is contention, discordance, fighting, <laughs> which is in them, which, because they are created beings based on opposites and opposites demand enmity and contention and fighting. So because we are trees, we have conflict and contention and fighting within ourselves and with everyone around us. And as a human being is a tree, God forbade the first human being from approaching the tree he had specified apart from the rest of the trees. So that is in the garden, do not approach this tree. Meaning do not approach this tree, which is the part that makes you fight and contend and follow the wrong ruler inside you. So we have the overseeing spirit and we have this lower self and the lower self don't follow the lower self because they'll both be there and they're always there and they're always fighting, but don't follow the lower self. So don't approach this tree, meaning this lower self tree. And this is the counsel given to David. Do not follow the lower self. This is the tree which Adam was forbidden from approaching. That is, do not approach the place of contention and rebellion or the configuration of your elemental nature-based body will be affected. If you approach this tree and follow your lower selves, because you are a tree and have different contending desires, you will be ruined by following this desire. And then this all falls into the bigger picture of that's why you have the pivot, the klutub, and your honor the person who gives you the honored robe they're the ones who are telling you follow this path don't follow the lower self and so don't follow your ideas your opinions your lower self follow what is the guidance from the divine so this is how Ibn Arabi now brings in this story about the date palm now the intelligent one if one studies a piece of evidence which has come to pass, providing the validity of what we have said, let one consider the prophet, وسلم, stopping the fecundating. So he stopped the people who are harvesting uh, or growing palm trees. And he said, don't do it this way. Why don't you do it this way? And when that happened, he came the next year and they had the, the plants uh, were all spoiled. 
And they said, and he said, why are they all spoiled? And he said, because you told us that we should do it this way and not that way. And so he said, I am only a human being. So when I command you as something in your religion, that is revelation, take it. But if I command something from my own opinion, well, I am only a human being. The same thing happened with their descent into a valley. They went into a valley and the, and the, and the companion was saying, this is not a good place to be. Has God told you to be here? And he said, no, this is just my opinion. And they said, well, there's a better place for us to be. So they all moved to a better place. Indeed, he did not want us to get used to taking information except from God, not looking to oneself for this. And he is the individual who is the most perfectly complete, the one no one is more perfect than he is. So what do you think about the one who is less than him? So if his opinion is still to be faulted, what about the rest of us who have much less ability to have good opinions? So this is a lesson that we follow the path that we are given divinely and not the path that comes up from our lower selves or even our higher instinctive opinion, opinionated self. <laughs> And so um, now this, this verse here that we'll be looking at, uh, after which uh, the Prophet says, am I not a grateful slave and praise until his feet are swollen? Uh, this verse is the one uh, of, of this forgiveness that comes on this night of forgiveness on the three nights. And it is well known to be a metonymic device. So the Quran speaks in the second person, uh, singular to the Prophet meaning to include everyone. So there are places in the Quran when, when God speaks to the individual person of Muhammad and what's meant is that everyone should be hearing this. It's for everyone else to hear. And this device is, is in shorthand known as when this uh, slave boy or, or low caste boy, low class or low caste, I don't know which, came to a town and he was in love with this very noble high class uh, girl. And he couldn't, of course, come up and speak to her. So in the marketplace, he said, listen, girl, uh, that is the one I really want to speak to. Listen, even though I'm speaking over here. So he gave his love poetry to this other woman and saying, you, I'm really talking to you. So this is how this works, that when this verse here, it can be understood as second person singular, but uh, it is usually understood and as everyone, it's speaking to everyone, everyone who has come before and everyone who will come after. So if Aisha could recite that for us, uh, and then we'll, we'll have the Allahi after that. Yeah, so this is, of course, this is a verse that is addressed to all of us, and it is a universal verse. And now uh, for the Allahi. Forgive us, Lord, of forgiveness, we are crying desperately. Free us from the egocentric obsession which we carry. The pages of our existence filled with negativity. Precious Sultan, this window. 
You alone can give us refuge, raising light reality. Precious thoughts is we know. We ask for the sake of Ashkigi, mercy us in your beauty. Include us in the great circle, lover of your beloved. We are servants of your servant, crying out for your mercy. Precious thoughts is we know. He lived breath of Mohammed, the long cured despondency. Precious thoughts is we know. Beautiful. So this is, we are servants of your servants. So this is the understanding, which is why, why people visit the tombs of the peers and the tombs of the saints and the tombs of the great ones. They are servants of the servants. So they say, bring us into this circle. There's a beloved circle and said, bring me into this, this beloved circle. So that's actually a very beautiful and humble way of receiving this uh, protection from the divine. So instead of saying, oh, look over here, I'm all by myself, come help me out. It's let me come into the circle of the ones that you love. And thereby, I will receive all of your, your beauty in this blazing light of reality. So this is why we are servants of the servants, instead of arrogantly saying, you know, come here and save me all by myself. So now, so we saw that this, the bush is horizontal, it's mineral and plant and has perfect worship. And the tree, which is we are, what we are, we are a plant animal tasked to worship. So the body in us is always in prostration to Allah, always in prostration to the divine. But the selves in us, the two selves, uh, because we're a tree, uh, we need to follow the correct or the right self and not follow the lower self. And when we follow the right self, then we are prostrating and then we are worshiping. So do you see, Ibn Arabi says, you are commanded to forbid yourself from the lower desires. The soul takes the position of the stranger. So when you say, you, my soul, don't follow the lower desires. But she is nothing but your entity. She is the one making assertions and she is the judge and the adversary. So here I am speaking to my soul, who is the adversary, but also the judge saying, you should judge with the true instead of judging with your lower self. Now, if one can find the matter to the organic body apart from her, the vegetative part of the body and the non-vegetative part, she would not be a disputer. So if you were to speak as a vegetable or as a, a plant or as a mineral, then there would be no question of contention or fighting. But because we are a tree, we have this in us. You see, the organic body is innately created flush against the tespeh of God with his praise. And that's why the skin will testify against their person on the day of judgment. So the human body is like the bush among the plants, not standing with the trunk. But the body does not become a tree unless there's a spirit blown into it. At that moment, the body stands with the trunk. So we stand with the trunk when we have the animal spirit blown into us. This is different from trees, all of them, because trees stand on their trunk without the inblowing of the animal spirit. Therefore, she is a bush originally and a tree by the breath blown in. 
The prostration of the bush to God is a prostration of the shadow. So automatically the way a shadow follows the person. And the prostration of the tree to God is a prostration of individuals standing with the trunk who are following their, uh, their higher self, their judge, they're following the true self. And so this is why the verse in Sotra Rahman, the bushes and the trees both are prostrating. And then uh, this that we'll do this last one. Uh, he kind of ends on this. He partly ends on this, this with this story here. So the individual is not called divinely based. So you're not going to be called divinely based, except if you are taking knowings only from God, based on the opening disclosures of the person of Kash by the true. Bezid Bistami said, you take your knowledge dead from the dead. There was a group of Hadith scholars, they were having their sessions, they were saying so and so reported the Hadith from so and so, you know, and this is the way you take your Hadith, you say, uh, this person said this person said he transmitted this Hadith to me, and he got it from this other person, he got it from this other person, and it's what the Prophet said. So they'll ask, well, where's the he in this chain of transmission, where is he, and they'll say, oh, he's dead, and then he transmitted from so and so. So so where is he? He said, well, he is dead. So Abu Yazid said, we take our knowledge from the living who does not die. You take your knowledge dead from the dead. We take our knowledge from the living who does not die. You see, there is no veil between God and his slave, more events, more immense than looking to yourself and taking knowledge from your own thinking. And even if the knowledge is conformable, even if you get the right answer, still taking from God is more ennobled. Now, knowing which is self-evidence to intellects comes from God because it is obtained not from thinking or proofs. This is why self-evident matters are not receptive to ambiguity at all or doubts. And so, but if, you're, if your instinctive self-evident knowledge is between yourself and your intellect, then there's a problem. Then this is not the kind of knowledge I am talking about. And after we've taught you the plants, baya, the hand-taking plant, plant-based hand-taking, and its step level, and that you and those like you are a plant. Now let us cite the knowings encompassed in this delighting place in order to lift your energy and enthusiasm for halting there and studying the surah and taking on the qualities of this place. So now he gives a long, long list, two, three or, three or four page list of everything in one sentence, what's in this alighting place and what, and he gives this to give you the excitement of, he gives you one line says, in this, you will understand the secret of destiny. And so when you hear that, you say, wow, I'm excited now. I want to find out the secret of destiny. Let me go into this chapter, into this surah, and understand the secret of, of and so this is how he makes the list. All right. And then if we could have the last uh, verse of this surah, and we don't have a lot of uh, time. So if Salah, will, uh, who's in Sana'a right now, if he could recite the verse, and go ahead and, and read the English translation, maybe at the same time. Okay. So let's see if Salah can, can unmute and come on. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم محمد رسول الله والذين معه أشداء على الكفار رحماء بينهم تراهم ركعا سجدا يبتغون فضلا من الله ورضوانا سيماهم في وجوههم من أثر السجود ذلك مثلهم في التوراة 
ومثلهم في الإنجيل كزرع أخرج شطأه فآزره فاستغلظ فاستوى على سوقه يعجب الزراع ليغيظ بهم الكفار وعد الله الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات منهم مغفرة وأجرا عظيما محمد is the messenger of Allah and those who are with him are strong against disbelievers but compassionate among each other uh, you will you will see them how the how uh, you will see them bow and prostrate themselves in prayer seeking grace from Allah and his God pleasure on their faces are their marks being the traces of their prostration this is their similitude in the Torah and their similitude in the gospel is like a seed which sends forth its blade then makes it strong it then becomes thick and it stands on its own stem filling the sowers with the sowers with wonder and delight as a result it fills the disbelievers with rage at them allah has promised those among them who believe and do righteous deeds forgiveness and a great reward Thank you. So do you see how all of this chapter that Ibn Arabi writes and is all inside this actually one, one verse. So we have this, uh, the, the seed that grows and it grows up, it's a plant, and then it becomes something, a plant that stands on its own stem. So it's a tree. And when it stands on its own stem as a tree, it goes from automatic or essential worship to voluntary and thankful worship. And at that moment, this tree will have the disbelievers will see this tree and be enraged at it. And they'll say, why are they grabbing the cloak of Bayezid Bistami? Why are they going to the Sufi tomb and holding on to the shroud? Why are they doing all these things? And then Allah has promised those among them who have faith and do righteous deed forgiveness. And this is the night of forgiveness and a great reward. So Alhamdulillah, thank you. Alhamdulillah. Um, so let's see if this is the first, I have a lot of other messages here. Um, so the touching the cloak is both symbolic and actual? Yeah, yeah so this, this touching of the cloak, uh, what, what, this is something that's very natural for human beings to do when they see someone who's charismatic. Uh, you touch the cloak for, for, you touch their clothes to gain barakat, to gain blessing from them. And uh, what Ibn Arabi is saying, this is straight from God's word in the Quran, that when you take hand with someone, you also are taking hand with the hand of God. And so when you touch the cloak, Abu Madian said, uh, said, it's not me they're touching. It's something that was given to me. It's an adornment and it doesn't belong to me. So if they touch it, who am I to stop them from touching the beautification of God? Hmm. Why the clothes of Abistami, Abu Madian, regarded as God's beautification adornment belongings? So this is not only the clothes, but they're also their body. So this, 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 uh, the, do we have in the line just now the, the this which closed this flesh that the flesh is enclosing something and that this flesh is actually a vessel which is the divinely provided vessel for the divine 
being. And so this, this touch of the clothes is touching the outward form of the body and also the actual, then the clothing or the cloak that's put on there. And this is how why Halaj said that uh, there's nothing inside this cloak, but God. And so they figured it's time to murder him for that one. So there's nothing inside this cloak, but God. And saying there's nothing inside this body, but God. So when you touch it, you're touching God's vessel. Same question for the hand of the sheikh. In the example of people giving charity in uh, Kerala, wanting first to touch the hand of the sheikh before putting the charity in the basket. Yeah, yeah, I should clarify. They want the money, the, the notes, the rupee notes to touch his hand first and then he, he lets it slide off into the bucket. So the charity should fall into his hand and then it falls from his hand into the, the bucket, the collection. In my tarot, we call these nights of Shaban white days. The prophet, uh, peace be upon him, recommended that the Sahaba fast during these days. Can you expand on why it's also called the nights of forgiveness? Yeah. So all three, all every three full moon nights of every month are called the white nights because they um and fasting on them is a very interesting fast because you're fasting when it's not dark outside. You know, especially when they don't have electricity, when you have a full moon night, you say, hey, it's, it's just like day, I can see things. And so you're fasting, which looks like you're fasting in the day, which is something only God can say that he is one who doesn't need to eat. The rest of us eat during, during, the, during the night. And if the night looks like the day, then it's a really interesting question of, of is this the night or the day? So those are why the three uh, white nights or the three full moon nights are so important. And this one, and this over the year, these three full moon nights are the night of forgiveness. It's the nights when uh, the Prophet Sallallahu prayed for the forgiveness of his entire ummah, which means all the people before him from Adam onwards and all the people after him to the last person born, that this entire ummah of humanity, this mother community of humanity would be forgiven and restored to wholeness. Piggybacking on the previous query, being the Knights of Destiny, etc., cetera, is there a connection with they being the Knights of Atonement, White Days, and thus a blank slate for a new beginning, thus forgiveness with blank slate? Yeah, I think that would, that would certainly be an experience uh, in, during these fasts that, that there'll be this a feeling of, you know, wiping the slate clean. And, much, and fasting is also taken away from us. Allah says all of the things that the children of Adam do belong to them, except the fast. The fast belongs to me. So that's another way that we are effaced and nothing belongs to me. I'm an empty tablet. Um, and so that, that entering into this empty tablet is one of, the, one of the beautiful insights or lessons that we learn from fasting. And, uh, yeah, and a few years ago, we had uh, a lot of the sort of Islamic and, and Jewish holy days were all coming at the same time. And so it's always wonderful to see things like that. <laughs> Um, Salams, you said Hazreti Bayazid Bistami gets his knowledge directly from the living and not from the dead. So is he an Ovesi? Yeah, Uwesi. Yeah. 
huh? And is Hasreti Pir Nurdin Jirai Anovesi? Since the Pir got the award, the <laughs> Arad and Asma directly from the divine, who? Yeah, yeah. And so this, well, this is how these, all these connections, they're at different levels. And so Uesi in the Allahi, we're just seeing that Uwais is also when, when Mother Taslima gives birth and see and greets her son, Nuruddin al-Jarahi, greets her son as Uwais al-Karani. So Uwaisi is, is typically, we understand it to be someone who's all by themselves, and, some, and somehow Allah takes, gives them this cloak, even though they're all by themselves. But in a way, they're not all by themselves. They, all, they still have these connections and these connections to their mothers, to, to a mother, Amina Taslima, and so on. And so this is, this is, this is quite beautiful. And taking from the, from the living, this is, this is certainly the case. Beza uh, Bistami and, and this, in this entire Sufi tradition of ours is that we take directly from the source and we don't rely on things that are transmitted one after the other until they become dead. And this is also meaning we don't take things from our own selves or our own opinions or our own research. We take them from the divine. How to distinguish between an opinion-based idea and a divine guidance when making a decision? So that is, so, so when we're the tree and we have the lower self and we have this and David, the prophet David is told, don't rule with your lower self. So there is always going to be this tension and this conflict. And so what allows us to rule with the part that we should rule with and not with the lower self, but even notice Ibn Arabi said, the self is not actually divided. The self is the judge and the adversary. So, so it's a courtroom of one. So within the soul, there's something that's saying, this is the judge part and this is the adversarial part. And so it's not a clean distinction. And the, what allows us to uh, follow the way that we're supposed to follow is the passage that I didn't have time to give us. Uh, today, Ibn Arabi talks about those who seek authority, they are not, they, they're on their own. But those who are given authority, so divinely given authority, they will have an angel who will help them rule correctly. And so if I say I'm, I'm in a struggle with the tree that I am, and I need, and I'm and I, and not doing this in order, I don't want to let my lower self give money or charity and say, oh, look how fancy I am. So I don't want that to happen. So I need to have this other part of myself be, be the one who gives. Then if I say, I'm not in control of that, I hand it all to God, tawakul, I give everything to God to handle, then an angel is given to me and that angel will tell me, do this, do that. And this will be the ruling against your lower self. But the lower self never dies, never leaves because it's still part of ourself. <laughs> Salams. Last night during Zikr, I saw a group of people sheltering under a bridge at night. Some were drinking, others were sleeping drugged, but their subtle bodies were doing salat near them. Ooh. Beautiful, beautiful. Yes, this and this is this is why we have in the Ilahi, all I, I see only friends. All I see are the great friends, the great saints. And this is the, those people who see, they don't see, oh, look, they look at the person and they don't see 
what awful situation they're in, what brought them into that position, they see their true selves and they see that their souls are as in a dream. And Ibn Arabi says, this is when you see someone in a dream and he talks about one example, uh, someone comes to this person who's you know patched clothes and, and looking horrible and looking really bad and he's sleeping. And the person says, oh, I feel so sorry for that person and try, wakes them up. And then when they wake up, they say, why did you wake me up? I was in the Sultan's palace eating a buffet and having the greatest time. So, so what the body looks like and what the soul is doing are not always the same thing. And that's why we don't get confused by the outward appearance um, because it's, all, it's, it's the outward appearance. People are in situations, um, but they do transcend those situations with their souls. And so if I only look at their outward, then I'm judgmental and these guys are bad, these are good, these are moral, these are immoral. If I look at the souls, I only see saints. <laughs> Beautiful. So Baki put in the first couple of words to Elahi six, you own the woolen cloak, you bear the holy crown, ya asahib al-rida, ya asahib al-taj. Aha, beautiful. Yeah. And so Rida is that is to is to be well content with what you have. And so that's again saying, you know, I'm not worried about the outward form I have. I'm well content with whatever Allah has put me in, whatever vessel I've been put in. Wonderful. Yeah. How to distinguish between a thought action coming from the true self and not the lower self, especially when one is dealing with illness, trauma, suffering, fears. Yeah, that, of course, that's that is that that is the way that is the medet place that when we're trying to find out we need we need help and medet is that connection and so the connection is is to we train ourselves to always ask directly to the one who can lift the afflictions from us and so this is why job is uh the prophet job ayub is praised not because he withstood all this affliction but because he asked immediately to god to remove the affliction and didn't Either he didn't he didn't put up with it, and he didn't go to someone else or some other god and say, "Who can take this away from me? I'll look for any god who can take this away from me." And so that's why he is praised. And so that's our training of Madet is to is to seek this connection and to call out. And Madet is also astaghfirullah, asking for forgiveness. So this is the night of, of forgiveness. These three nights of forgiveness. It's forgiveness is bring me back from separation into wholeness. So forgiveness is not limited to sort of what we call sins or offenses or faults. It is, I have been separated. I, I, I feel separated. Bring me back to wholeness. Bring me back to connection. And so Allah turns to me. I turn to Allah. And then the separation disappears and wholeness uh, is in its place. Will the day come when Salafis could be convinced that kissing the graves of the prophet or other saints has nothing to do with shirk associating partners to Allah. Yeah, I mean, Salah is in the middle of this, in this battle in, in the Yemen, especially. Um, when I was looking for a tomb and tomb shrouds and all that, Sufi tombs, I got, you know, the internet kicks up all of these proof that Sufis are idolaters, you know, all this horrible, you know, trollish stuff. Uh, and you've got to you've got to say at one point uh, 
do you accept the Quran? And if they say, yes, we accept the Quran. And then you say, do you accept that the Quran has this verse, which we just recited, that when you take the hand of fealty, you are taking the hand of Allah. Do you accept that? And if you can accept the Quran in that verse, then you've got to accept that when someone is taking someone's hand or the black stone and kissing the black stone, we're not worshiping the black stone. We're not doing anything like that. We are, we are kissing the right hand of Allah. And the black stone is spiritually intelligent enough not to think that, oh, now I'm God because everyone's kissing me. Everyone thinks I'm so fancy. And so neither did Bayezid Bustami or Abu Madian think, oh, wait, I'm a great person because people were kissing their cloak or touching their cloak. So it's, it's in a sense, it's, it's, it's not an argument that can be made. It's really, it's from the heart. And if, and if they are just not ready to see that, they can't read the Quran, they can't read the verse. And we just say, well, one day <laughs> they'll see the truth, <laughs> which is exactly the last verse of Surah Al-Fat. And, and this is also why they get enraged when they see the tree, which is prostrating, not because of, it's prostrating because it has its guidance. So yes, it'll be a long story, I think. <laughs> Some people become deluded thinking they are Uwaisi and don't need guide. Yeah, well, that's, you know, this, this is the, we are never, we are, none of us uh, around, none of the people that I meet are protected from error. So masum means protected from error. And that means that we're always subject to being uh, fooled by the divine. So makar, M-A-K-R, the, the fooling or the, the scheming or the tricking of the divine. Uh, none of us are ever safe from that. So we're forever having to watch ourselves, ask ourselves difficult questions and see, am I being fooled? Uh, and the, one of the ways that people are fooled is that they do things which are wrong and things keep do, going right with them. So they do bad things, they're mean, they're selfish, da, la, la, and yet their life keeps getting better and better. And that is one of the ways that they are gradually led down the path of, uh, of misguidance. And so this is something on the path we're all told, always told, you know, watch out for the, the makar, the M-A-K-R, the, the scheming or the trickery of the divine. And none of us are, are safe. If you're protected from error, you'll know you're protected from error. It's, but it's safe to say none of us are protected from error. We all have to watch these things. Um, in order to have the divine answers to the answer from the answer, go to the heart, which is the place of true humility. Yeah, yeah. So that we, and that's the, when we go to the heart, this is what we're talking about. We take our knowledge living from the living. You take your knowledge dead from the dead. And so going into the heart, which is the only place which is vast enough for the divine, that's the place that we go to. And that heart has to be abd and mu'min. That is a slave and therefore not trying to get, uh, you know, people to praise him or something like that, a slave and a faithful one that has, that has, faith in a messenger brought from the divine, whichever of the many, 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 many messengers there are. Can you say more about coming into the circle of lovers? It seems that you could be a part and yet on the level of soul be in the center. Yeah, and so that's, uh, 
this this is that the very the beautiful question we have earlier about Uwais. Uwais, the Uwais, was he was he really alone? And in a way, uh, from from this tariqa of the Nuruddin Jarahi tariqa is that he's not he wasn't actually alone. Uh, he was alone in one sense, but he was also connected in the other senses. And so uh, the circle of lovers, the um, the idea is that you when when you go to a a, a tomb of a, of the of a peer you say this person is able to uh, communicate with the divine if i come in and touch the cloak maybe i can get my prayer in the same line that same medet and that's why we call for medet to all of the great ones and we call to medet is connect me the way you're connected so um it's a little bit like uh you know if, if you have these live wires and I can't make my own live wire, but I can come in and say, can I connect to your live wire and be able to bring my prayer directly to the one who loves you? And so by coming into the circle of lovers, we make these connections that uh, are so so very beautiful. And, uh, and, they, and they tell the soul that, you know, don't be arrogant and think you can do it by yourself, um, that, you, that this is asking for help and, and Madet means asking for help from Allah, from his messenger, from all his beloved ones. Beautiful. Um, Latif is clarifying her earlier statement. Um, she meant to have the divine answer as opposed to the answer from the self, go to the heart, which is the place of true humility. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, because in that part, of the passage Ibn Arabi was saying that the Prophet was training us not to rely on ourself, but to rely on, on the divine, which means going to the place where the divine speaks, which Ibn Arabi has talked about as the special face, which is the first place that the tajalli of Allah comes. So the special face is that place where you, where you receive from Allah. And everyone has that special face. Every created being has that special face. So even the people under the bridge in horrible situations, uh, even they have that special face. And so that's where they will bring that to. So um, we seem to have run out of the questions. Um, Klaus, did you have something you wanted to say? You need to unmute, Klaus. Klaus, you need to unmute. <laughs> we, we can't hear you. Klaus, woo! <laughs> Klaus, you need to unmute. <laughs> there. Can you hear me? Wow. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much, Shrive. Uh, and wonderful news. Well, I just um, don't have the screen anymore now, but it is a new system. It is a new system and we'll see how we find out. I'm just grateful that you can hear me right now because just to, after receiving all this, the, take the possibility, the opportunity to breathe out to be loud and to say thank you. What wonderful news. And this is so much appreciated. May you receive the magnificent reward for your work. What a work. 
And what a privilege, what a blessing to be connected. And what a joy. Today, exactly today, one year cycle of our meetings is completed. Alhamdulillah. So the first Zoom meeting was on 27 of March. And exactly today it is completely. What a wonderful journey for us all together through that year. With all these views, through your magnificent illustrations and elucidations. Thank you. This is so amazing. And it is that we were brought together in a wide, worldwide circle. And it is so, we are so grateful that there, we received this present and we are bestowed so much and then we would like to give you a present. There is one from you. It is from very, very high. It's from all of us and we want to offer it to you. It is, in this case, it is coming from China and it was announced exactly for today, exactly for this hour that it sh should arrive here. And while the ears are very, very open, it may ring at the door and it will arrive and we would receive, but well, all the friends for three weeks are thinking about it will arrive and for that it is already here. Alhamdulillah. We thank you deeply for all the preparation in all these countries, cultures, with so many languages, for your decision to translate this opus magnus, for being a pioneer, for your patience and perseverance, for presenting it in 19 volumes in such a quality and beauty, for your precious notes and elucidations, conveying the essence for our time, for being a dragoman, for traveling in our countries, entering our lives, and for sharing your presence, for bearing these wonderful Zoom meetings and bringing us together in a worldwide circle, for keeping going for a whole year, the vastness of this universe seems to be continuously growing and unfolding. Alhamdulillah. Thank you so much. We are blessed so much with rain from another world. Thank you for sharing your insight. Drops of pure light flowing in streams for sowing seeds of love, in love, through love. What a work. It is so obvious that these Fridays belong to the whole week and that all true individual meaning of life is Quran. So it would 
so wonderful if there would be the possibility just to get along with this new system again and to share screen, but I'm not sure. Let's have a look. Raja, could you have a look and maybe help me? I just come in again and then it will, inshallah, will happen, okay? I'll be back in a minute, inshallah. Or maybe we have Farida with us. Yeah, Farida. I, was, I was just gonna say, I've noticed that Farida has, has, has come on. And it was so interesting the way, uh, you know, of course, uh, as with Salah, I'm always very much have a very tuned ear to sort of Islamicism and Islamic stuff and all of that. So I was so excited to hear when Farida said, so we're going to be singing some, some songs and I'll say the word Allah. Allah means God, but it's so much nicer to say Allah, 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 Allah. So at that point I said, there you go. That's the argument I needed. It's not a very academic argument, but it really says the truth. So thank you, Farida. Okay, so I tried to fix my internet and I, I couldn't, but I hope you hear me well. Are you hearing me well? Okay, so it's a joy for me to uh, present two songs for you, if you like, if you wish. And one, it's from the Turkish tradition, it's called Dala Ile. But I sing it, of course, now in the beautiful Nur Ashki Jerahi translation in English. <laughs> Do you hear the guitar as well? <laughs> With the mountains and the stars, I will call on you. Upon you I will call 
the staff of Moses, raised on high, I will call upon you, my revealer, on you I will call. With your holy mother, Virgin Mary in the cave, Fatima, noble and brave, upon you I will call. With these mothers of true faith, let me call, I will call upon you. Oh, compassion, on you I will call. With Job in suffering drear, with Jacob, in shedding a tear with Muhammad love so dear upon you I will call with the cry of grateful hearts Ya Shaku I will call upon you Oh, omnipresence, on you I will call. Yunus Emre sings, soaring with the nightingales, in what hearts begin to the one who loved true. With these mystic friends of Allah, human beings, I will call upon you, O quintessence, on you I will call, upon you I will Thank you. Thank you so much. So thank you, Farida. So wonderful to be together. Maybe we, Shwaib, if you would allow to, to share screen and then... Um... Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think Farida has one more song for us too. But uh, Klaus, it says you're co-host. You should be able to share screen. Um, what? Let's see. Well, we received, we received a picture of, oh, yes. uh, and we would just share it and, um, and see it. And then maybe Farida can, can continue with the next sure. song. So I, I think if you open up on the, uh, the PDF on your desktop and then share, I think you're, you're, you're authorized to share screen as co-host and then, then click on that image and share. 
And inshallah, that will come together. Or you could send it to me as an email. I'll quickly open it up. Send, send me as an email and I'll open it up. It, it may be fastest to send as email and, and while Farida singing I can be I can be opening that up on the screen. That's beautiful. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, we do we'll try that. Okay. Okay. The next song uh, is a bit like a mantra. Maybe you heard it before here and you can join singing if you like. <clears throat> Dancing with the universe. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Baki is going to cry. <laughs> it's so beautiful. <laughs> nothing is said, nothing is heard. Oh, uh, sorry, I have wrong. I'm sorry, something is wrong here. I start again. Nothing is said, nothing is heard, and my heart is dancing with the universe. Nothing is said, nothing is heard, and my heart is dancing with the universe. La 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 la, and my heart is dancing with the universe. La 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 And my heart is dancing with the universe Nothing is said, nothing is heard, and my heart is dancing with the universe. Nothing is said, nothing is heard, and my heart is dancing with the universe. Dancing with the universe. 
That's wonderful and such a beautiful calligraphy, my goodness. In the Islamic University in Malaysia, they have this Arabic and, and the Chinese characters together. And this, this is just so perfect. And my son who's just over there, he just he, that was his favorite place to go. Let's go straight to the wall where they have the Arabic and Chinese calligraphy. <laughs> wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Faridas. MashaAllah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's been one year, and then uh, the, we only missed one week, one Friday, in sometime in June or so. That was awful, right? <laughs> so it's good that we have every week. <laughs> so, okay. Well, thank you. It's been so wonderful to have you all here. Thank you very much. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Thank you. Thank you. Please forgive me. I I fell into <laughs> deepest. Didn't sleep at all last night, and this oh. morning, I don't know. I was I was in another universe, yeah. and then all of a sudden, uh, Ali wakes me up, and I hear this <laughs> celestial voice of Farida. Farida, we're so blessed yeah. with Wave and you and all of the lovers. Yeah. of Ibn Arabi, like grapes on the vine, who come and make the wine. Um, yes, I want to thank you, Farida. You have to come back into the States and enchant us. 
And Thank you, Faria. Yes, you so maybe we can have a live meeting with Schwabe and we'll all do a great big zicker. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, uh, and Schwabe, we, we, yeah. alhamdulillah, we really, you were sent by um, the merciful, the all merciful. <laughs> <laughs> this year you have, I mean, everything is different now. I think the universe is different since you started to bring this out into the open like a river starts flowing won't stop alhamdulillah yeah. thank you thank you thank you Shwe. alhamdulillah and it seems that that our 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 visit to to germany was such a way of 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 creating this foundation so that when everything struck that we had a chance we had the foundation built we had connected with farida and klaus and the others and then we could then build on that because we now know each other and um and it'd been all and it, and October had been in Oxford and saw Omar and, and, and yeah. Richard and Cecilia. All of this beautiful base was made, creating. We should have been warned that something was going to happen. <laughs> it was all, all the doors were opening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we came into a, a great place, into Inner Sanctum, you know, all the doors opened. And now we're in the Inner Sanctum uh, with, with all of us together and with you uh, being the fountain, fountain flowing. Alhamdulillah, this is amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Okay, so good to see everyone. Everyone, take care, be well. Be blessed. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's wonderful. Good to see you, Nasima. Glad you made it. And Martha, good to see you. Alhamdulillah. Farida wants to say something. Please, please. I forgot to say that I am planning to do an, a little online concert on Good. the 17th of April and another one on the 18th. And right if you would like to share it, then everybody who likes to join could get yes. the Zoom link. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put that onto our contact list and then everyone can have the announcement, the invite. Perfect. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you.